I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. Welcome into the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. We got Spencer Warren, Lauren Beck, and myself, Jay Catch, breaking it down. RSL falls 2-1 in their home opener to Austin FC. As you heard David James mention right before we hit the break, uh, it is the first time Austin has won here in Salt Lake in their brief history as a Major League Soccer club. Uh, I'll throw this at you first, Spencer. Uh, 2-1 loss. Uh, RSL had their chances in this one, but ultimately uh, come away with zero points. Yeah, very disappointing, especially with the, the home opener uh, and after, you know, Getting three points on the road in Vancouver and, and getting back onto to grass um, in your third game, mm-hmm. I just felt like there was improvement in the second 45 minutes. Um, certainly some some opportunities, some chances there. Not a ton of clear-cut uh, clear chances, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the stats and you look at the possession, um, you look at the passes that were made. Um, there was plenty to be happy about, but ultimately really really disappointing that you don't take a point at the very least out of the uh, the 90 minutes and especially the the crowd was into it felt like from from the jump it really felt like things were were trending the right way and lauren it just it felt, feels like just a missed opportunity overall oh 100% rsl typically has a very good home record last season there were a number of games um that rsl dropped points at home that were from winning positions, um, mm-hmm. th- that's not the case tonight. But it's not how you want to start your season at home. Correct. Um, and so you know, back to back losses for RSL after a pretty good showing. Well, a good win in the first week, maybe not the best showing. So lots for RSL to work on. Uh, you've got Pablo Ruiz um, and Brian Vera back with the team in Salt Lake, ready to train. So hopefully. Those two coming into the team can really make a difference because that midfield is lacking. Brian um, Oviedo looked absolutely gassed yes. at the end. To, well, for most of the match, to be say, honest. I was say, even in the first half. But at the year. end there, there was I, it didn't seem like there was a lot of desire from him to find that next gear and really push mm-hmm. through to the end of the game. So having, uh, having Ruiz and Vera join the team I hopefully will make a, a big difference because it's it's there's still so much missing right now. 
Yeah, it feels like just that the midfield is not closing down like it should. And it's something that, Spencer, I, I got to give you credit. From match one so far this season, you identified that as a weakness for RSL. And it's it, it, three matches in, it's a glaring, glaring issue. Yeah, it is an issue. And, and, and again, you're asking... You, you put in round pegs and square holes type deal thing yes. with, with regards to, to the responsibilities of what Ojeda and Loffel send um, and what Pablo Ruiz, when he comes in, what they're doing. They are more attack-minded going forward, more of a box-to-box type. They are not the Scott Coldwell who's the only real option uh, to sit there. And is he mm-hmm. good enough? Probably not um, to, to be your, your number one, number six, um, starting a week in, week out. Again, uh, I think that's something that you can tweak the formation. Um, and actually bring somebody in. You would do the the glaring obvious um, issue. Obviously, right now is the spacing. Mm-hmm. That's something that can be worked on. That's something that's on the training ground that that can be um, uh, improved on. But again, it's still so easy for teams to run through us. Even though there was an improvement, I thought in the second forty five minutes, like we saw up in uh, Vancouver, it just wasn't enough. And and if you're gonna give up two goals that. I'm not going to say that that could have been avoided, but could have been closed down, could have been pressured, may have been a different outcome, obviously. Um, But if you're going to give teams uh, an easy two-goal start, then you're going to find yourself struggling uh, throughout the the, throughout 23 yeah no doubt all right we will let you hear from Pablo Mastroeni as well as RSL players coming up on this post-match show also welcoming your guys' comments what your takeaways Uh, please tweet at us I'm at Jacob C. Hatch Lauren is at Lars underscore MM or you can send them to our station feed KSL Sports Zone we'll have more for you to break this down RSL falls 2-1 to Austin FC in their home opener more in a moment right here on the RSL Radio Network Welcome back to the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Real Salt Lake Falls 2-1 uh, in their home opener to Austin FC. Uh, got some reaction coming in that we'll get to here momentarily. I, I want to throw this at you, Spencer. Uh, when it comes, uh, here's the the issue with RSL right now is it feels like there is a, there's a even with the midfield issues when they do get their chances in the attacking third. They're not as clinical or as clean as you would like them to be finishing right now either. It's another it's another thing to add on to the already issue of the midfield the struggling. Yeah, obviously, I mean, a lot of the strikes on goal weren't particularly clean. Um, I think that's something that will improve as people get their, their legs underneath them. I, I, again, I, I, we're on the lookout for a striker, yes. maybe, you know, spending some, some money on that. Goals win games. I know it's such a cliche thing, but that's why these strikers, why they get paid the big bucks, um, because they do the hardest thing in the world. Uh, take mm-hmm. that, put the pressure on their shoulders, and put the ball into the back of the net. I think Anderson Julio has got more. I thought he was very effective when he came off the bench. I thought some of the hold up play from from Rubio Rubin was good. It's now getting Dami into the mix a little bit more, getting the wingers uh, into the mix a bit, a bit more. I thought we saw Gomez uh, do quite well, a phenomenal turn in the in the first half, but then blazed over. A little bit more composure there, and that's why uh, I do think that uh, that RSL need to spend some money um, on that number nine uh, just to, to put the ball into the back of the net because RSL have always been kind of the, the lower goal scorers. They haven't conceded a ton of goals when you look at the, the, the over the seasons. Their totals, yeah. Yeah, their totals. Yeah, yeah, they're right. totals yeah. They're always low one's really good the other one isn't so, so good yeah. so yeah that, again we, we had um 
Cordova last season who you felt like could be the man, but didn't very, want very that slowly. pressure, yeah, very, didn't want that pressure and, and was kind of in fits and starts. We haven't had that consistent goal scorer since Sabrio, and that's been a massive, massive issue for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, that's the thing about this is it feels like, it, in some ways, and Lauren, I'm going to toss this at you, Sabo, it feels like almost, for a lot of us, it feels like he was here yesterday, but it's been many, many years since he suited up in an RSL kit, and that kind of exacerbates the, the, the lack of a true out-and-out striker at number nine for RSL in the attack. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the last couple of seasons, I think your highest goal scorer had 12 or 11. Dami was, was it, at ele- was it 11? And, no, he was 16 and 9. He had 16 Oh, you were goals. right. It yeah. was 16. But, but for him. I have but, that right here. But that, yep. but Dami's not, he's not a striker. No. And now, honestly... I think, I hate to say it, but I think it was a fluke. It it was a great season for His him. His career suggests that was an outlier. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. So uh, given where he normally plays, um, I would say that's the case. And then, but he didn't play last year, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to say. I would love it if it wasn't. But even still, you're looking at sixteen goals in comparison to other teams in this league and right. other strikers in this league, and it's still not quite good enough for what you want. And I, I don't know. It's just it's difficult to look at the expansion teams and, like, the advantages they get now because it was so hard for RSL when they came into the league, and it feels like they've never really quite gotten there, but now it's it's kind of just gifted to the expansion teams to be like, all right, here's everything you need to be successful because that's the smart move. When you're also you don't want to spend more, too, yeah. in this day and age of that Major League Soccer. Yeah, yeah so it... Yeah, it's it's uh, it's always been an issue. As Spence said, you have a good defensive team, but a team that doesn't ever really find that star striker. And, you know, it, it could be a matter of ownership not wanting to spend the money. It could be a matter of people not wanting to come to Salt Lake. I don't know. But it's it's been an issue for a while, as you well, said. And, and the history of, like, transfers, there are so many... I's that need dotting, T's that needs crossing, like signatures that need to be like. There are so many people involved in those transfers that trying just to find players, and then you can find a player, but then yeah. they've got to have so many people sign off between them leaving club they're at versus suiting up for your club over here in Salt Lake. It, it's a very convoluted situation all the way around. And you're right, there there's so many different factors in play, more so than almost any sport out yeah. there with with soccer because agents involved, different clubs involved, transfer fees. It's just it. It's incredible. All right, so we are awaiting uh, Pablo Mastorini as well as RSL players uh, to address the media. We'll bring those to you live as soon as they step to the podium. Uh, one other thing real quick on this, Spencer, is when it comes to how RSL is trending early on this season, this is a club, and just from my personal observation, is they, they, they've there have been seasons where they've started fast and faded. There's also been seasons where they've started slow and they've picked it up as the season progresses. Well, they've started slow this season. What do you feel like outside of, okay, obviously you want to see, a, we need to, speaking of RSL, they need to find a number six, they need to find a number nine. What else can they do in your mind to turn things around here? Yeah, I mean, it's not to push the panic buttons. Um, Obviously, two two games on the road, out of the way, on the turf, out of the way, awesome, fantastic, Um, and getting three points, Mm -hmm. um, and then coming up against a Seattle team that will probably be there or thereabouts in the Western Conference and probably for MLS Cup. They look apart. Yeah, they look fantastic. This one's disappointing, but again... The field wasn't great. I know it was wasn't great for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that will improve, and I think, as I said, you know, the the 
the the rumours are that we are in for um, at least one addition before this this um, this transfer window is over and done with. That, that could be huge. Um, obviously, no Ruiz, no Vera. Um, a little bit concerned with Justin Glad. Uh, hopefully, that that hamstring injury isn't uh, too serious. Correct. Because whilst Vera can go in and play, um, the drop off from Marcelo Silva and Justin Glad to Eric Holt that's too big a gap. It's very significant. Um, it's yeah. it's a massive gap. Um, left back, I haven't been impressed with Elviedo at all. Um, and hopefully Vera can be that that guy as well if if Justin's fit. And I think that will more than likely look like your your first choice uh, back four. But I think I think there is an opportunity for things just. And we're talking about fine margins, mm-hmm. Jake. It's 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 real fine margins of of getting the press right. When you, it wasn't just the midfield that wasn't pressing. That front line, it, they, they have, look confused. They, they've got they, and they weren't back. They weren't backtracking and trying to press on their side. There's a communication uh, like breakdown, it feels like, amongst the different ranks here. Because most people out there, when you watch soccer, you see it. There's very clear breakups. There's the back line, there's the midfield, and then there's the four. And the problem right now, it feels like there's a disconnect between all three. And it's right through the middle. It's it's yeah. not a close thing. It's it's a glaring issue that when Dami and Rubio were pressing in the first mm-hmm. half, the, the centre back would just step between the, the pair of them and just pass the ball out. It was so so simple, and it was just again, it's things that they can work on on the training ground. It's not something that's that's um, that can't be fixed, yeah. but it, it it is an issue if you if you're trying to press teams. All right, uh, we are still awaiting Pablo Mastroeni as well as RSL players to address the media after uh, this one f- goes final two one. Your final at America first field as RSL falls in their home opener. We'll have more in a moment right here on the RSL Radio Network. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Spencer Warren, Lauren Beck, Jake Hatch breaking things down as RSL falls in their hope and opener. 2-1 uh, to Austin FC out at America First Field. Uh, still awaiting Pablo Mastroeni as well as RSL players. I want to get some of the reaction in here, though, uh, coming in. We'll start off with this one. This one comes into KSL Sports. Uh, David Van Hees uh, saying this, not going to mope too much. I think there are positives that RSL can build on. Midfield needs work. Gomez looked great. Having Pablo, speaking of Pablo distribute to him will cause issues for teams. Uh, so I'm going to toss this to you, Spencer. How much do you mm. think Pablo Ruiz can do when once he's able to he's match fit and able to rejoin the 11 either, or even off the bench? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's our main playmaker. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there, there, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you've got Savarino, but Savarino 
needs help, and mm-hmm. I think that Ruiz is that that uh, that guy. Um, again, I still think the issue is going to be that teams are going to be able to run through us far too easily, um, and and that puts you a, a little bit of a of a disadvantage because um, for all the good work that RSL were doing, mm-hmm. they were chasing the game tonight, Correct. and that's that's an, you never want that at home. You, I mean, you don't want that full stop, but the fact that they had the chase and they didn't have the option of Ruiz tonight uh, made it that little bit more difficult. Obviously, Luna, I thought, came on, had a little bit of an impact. I want to see a little bit more of him on the field. Um, again, maybe a tweak in formation. We can talk about this. You know, hindsight is a is a great thing. I don't watch these guys five, six times a week, unfortunately, Correct. in training. Um, so they're obviously seeing something, but it, tonight it felt a little bit slow at times, a little bit predictable. But again, it's rule that those fine margins that I think can be worked out. And if anybody can do it, and we've seen him do it before, I feel like um, our, our coach, uh, Paolo Mastroeni, can figure it out because we've had some really good uh, results and really good runs under his stewardship. You know, and his track record suggests he will find a solution and because that's what he's done during his time as RSL's head coach. Another reaction coming in here, which I'm going to th- let you, Lauren address this one. Uh, this is interesting. So it says, uh, this comes from Andrew Lord, and he says that the team looks disjointed pretty much everywhere except the back line. RSL's given up the opening goal in all three matches thus far, and frankly, uh, they're not. They're lucky to be. They're, they're lucky to not be 0-3. I'm not at all confident that Pablo will get the most out of this roster. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think he's too far off with the 0-3. I, it was not a good game against Vancouver. It was a la- good last 30 minutes yeah, exactly. or so yeah, 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 um, half hour, yeah. in, in which they just were more clinical. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the back line, I agree for the most part on that. I think... Um, Oviedo, I'm sorry. That pause is always me trying to remember Ojeda versus Oviedo. Yes, sure. um, Ojeda. <laughs> Ojeda. 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 That's literally what I play in my brain. Cause sorry. I, <laughs> no, it's, so every time Ojeda gets the ball yeah. in the midfield, yeah. Spence goes, Ojeda. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's literally what I have to do in my brain to that, be like, that, that happens in the, the midfield. So Oviedo, um, uh-huh. I think he looks a little disjointed with this team. Um, but Brody, Marcelo, Justin, they have been playing together for enough time that those three obviously are going to be fine. Zach McMath, along with that back line, will be fine. But I think Oviedo on that left wing is on that left back position is just he looks tired. He looks a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. It's not been good enough from him this season, especially on the first goal tonight. Um, He gave him he gave Gallagher going middle. It's like the one thing you don't do as a defender. And you and you and push you, him outside, exactly. and he let him come back into the middle. Easy. Um, it's so I, I I understand Andrew's points. Uh-huh. I don't agree one hundred percent with them, but I think they are also fa- fair and valid. I think he also needs a little bit more help. As yeah. in, I think he needs a couple more options. And I know I keep yeah. harping on, but you're not. This wrong. isn't yeah. this isn't the final squad. Correct. This can't. If this is the final squad, then. Front office has got some some uh, questions. Yeah, yeah, they've got some proper answering to do because I think the money's there. Um, you're spending four million dollars on a a young Colombian in Gomez, who I, by the looks of it, early looks doors the, looks looks, looks like part, he could yeah. be um, a real asset to the team. So I don't think it's an issue with scouting. Um, 
and obviously not uh, 100% getting the, the deals over the line is not an issue, but if this is it, then this isn't it. It can't be it for, for if you've got playoff aspirations. I do have... If the right. press conference hasn't started, correct? Okay, I don't have that open. I, I'm still, I'm still watching it and still saying, waiting for hosts to start this meeting. And not I, encouraging. I, I, I did, but I did see, I also did see a tweet that Josh Wolf, Austin FC's coach, is at the podium. Oh, okay. With Apple TV, there, I think they're requiring both coaches to go yeah. to the same podium. So I think we're probably waiting on that. Anyways, okay. continue. I did have a tweet come um, huh? just to me okay. from Zach Smith. It says, "Flat, heavy touches, not clinical. Gave Austin all the time to play out of the back. I pay for passion and energy on the field, not new murals." Claret lights on the canopy, new sound systems, and 10 rows of safe standing, disappointed but optimistic. I Part of me is like, yeah, that's fair. Sure. But they, I do think that this ownership is willing to spend the money, but I think that the front office has to prove to them why they need to be spending that money. Correct. And I think you see that with Gomez, because I do think Gomez was a bright spot. Um, I thought he grew into the game. It was a little rough, but, man, he had... He had that touch and turn. We well, had a few of and, them. Yeah, yeah and oh, I, I think it's there with him. I think it's just going to need some time. But you do need those stadium improvements. You do. They've been they've been needing that for quite some time. Yes. Yeah. So I understand the point, but those stadium improvements do need to be made at some point. Um, the new sound system. They're not the, taking that money out of the salary. Yeah, yes. Yes. No. <laughs> Thank you. Because that's what I meant to that that needed to yeah, be added. That, so that, I appreciate yeah, the, that. They're not they're not taking money from like you mentioned the it's salary a pool. Budget. It's yeah. and by the way, David Blitzer is not. Uh, this is not the first club he's owned, folks. He is a, he's a very savvy sports owner. This is his seventh club. He's got six of them in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, Real Salt Lake here stateside. He's also an investor in every other major sports league in yeah. this country. The guy understands the business of sports in general. Yes. And I think Gomez is evidence of the fact that they're willing to spend money. They spend a club record transfer fee $4 million. They realize that the going great right now for transfer fees is it is, it, is going to be it's a significant amount of money. Yeah. And I'm with you, Lauren. I think your point is well taken. If the front office can demonstrate the reason for the need, they will pony up. They will they will find the money to go out there and spend it on the transfer. Yeah, it's, it's the front office's job to find the players, but also prove mm-hmm. why those players should be purchased and brought Correct. to the team. You yeah. can't just go to the ownership and say, hey, we want this guy. You have to have a reason and build that trust. And then maybe you do get to a point where you don't have to make to prove every single purchase. Mm -hmm. But it's there's still relationships growing. And 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 again, I think the stadium improvements, you can see you can feel it when you're there last Mm -hmm. season from the beginning of the the season to the end was drastically different. And it was every single change was for the better, for the better of the fans experience and and that's important as a fan. I, I understand what Zach's point here is, but like, for example, uh, pregame we used to do out on like that East Plaza. Sure. And you had to go through security to get directly into the stadium. I do remember, They moved yeah. security out to mm-hmm. getting into the plaza period. Right. Yeah. And that made the line getting, you could just walk into the stadium. And that made the world of difference for the experience because then you're not going to the plaza and then going into a line. Like there's a lot more thought being put into everything that this club is doing. Mm-hmm. And it will take time to get those pieces in, but I think that they will come if there's just a bit more there's more willingness to buy, but there's more thought being, being being put into everything that's happening. Well, Ryan Smith, 
the, the, the name of his company is Qualtrics XM. And a lot of people wonder what the XM stands for. It stands for experience management. <laughs> his company is built around uh, building experiences. And that translates to the sports world. And you're right. The improvements they've made over there at America First Field, they, they've all been with the fan and the patron going out to these matches in mind. It's the same thing. I, I can speak from the Utah Jazz side of things. I went through that entire rebuild, of, I guess the retrofit of what is now Vivint Arena, $125 million. They've done everything to make it with the fan in mind. You're right. The results on the pitch are ultimately what people are going to ultimately care about. Yeah. But to make the experience better just for you to spend your hard-earned dollars to go to, that obviously is a big factor. In and ways. that's the reason why they've sold out 18 straight Correct. home games yep. because of those improvements, because people want to come support this team even though it's not 100% the product they would want on the field they're still wanting to spend that money because it's something that they're starting to believe in again, and I think that that was waning for there for a while. Another 20,000-plus in the stands tonight, Spino. I will say this as well, and, and this is kind of uh, important to, to realize, that if you're shopping for players right now, we're the only market that's pretty much open. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if it is a quality player, a team doesn't want to sell a quality player right now and Mid-season. not be able to buy a player until the summer. Yeah, recoup yeah. that. Yeah. So the summer... Now, if if this is a a, a fringe player for for a team and has got plenty of upside, then sure, I'm sure they will allow that player to leave. But it is an easier market, even though it's mid-season for us, it's an easier market to maneuver in during the summer mm-hmm. um, to get those players that are on you know end of their contract in Europe um, or um, there's enough time for those European teams to bring in a replacement as well. Yeah. Scouting perspective. Yeah, no, that, but it's, it's a very valid one at that because yeah. clubs, they're smart. They're in the business of sports as well. They're, they're not going to just let pieces leave and have no way to recoup that loss either. All right, we are still awaiting RSL post-match. I don't know if... if Austin decided they were going to go long or whatever, but we'll take another time out. We'll come back. Can you break this down? We love, uh, we're still soliciting all of your guys' feedback. We'll get to more of those comments as well. And yes, we will get you Pablo Mastroeni as well as RSL players as they come to the podium. This is the RSL post match show right here on the RSL Radio Network. From 30 yards out, whips the ball in. Justin Glad the shot off Stubert in. Glad's got his second goal, and it's 1-1, 22nd minute. Welcome back to the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network right there. The lone goal for Aral Salt Lake tonight in their 2-1 loss. Uh, Justin Glad in the preseason said he was going to get five goals this season, and I'm not going to lie, I chuckled a bit. That was a cute comment from him. Well, three matches in, he's got two goals already on the season, and uh, he... he I don't know. He's on, he's definitely on track to either equal or surpass that. It looks like Spino. Yeah, I mean he's scoring a goal every other game, right? So yeah. uh, he's not, he's on course. Not for, a bad trend uh, right now. Yeah, you know, being that twenty goal uh, striker that we were missing for eight seasons now since uh, Sabrio <laughs> well, was. Uh, I, I, I did. I did tweet. I said, "Hey, he scores goals. Put him into the number nine. Let's see what right, he can right. do." Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he's uh, he had three last season, so he's on track to beat that and on track for the three. It'd be a uh, It'd be pretty great, I think. I, get, let's get him ba- past five. Five at this point, five seems low. Yeah, three <laughs> matches in, no doubt. The funny thing, I saw somebody tweet after he scored that goal. They said a quick check of the major league uh, goal. It's like he's second in the, in the Golden Boot standings. So, let's go. Know, 
hey, we'll see what happens. All right, welcome back. Uh, Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, Jay Catch breaking things down as RSL falls 2-1. Still awaiting RSL to start their post-match press conference with Pablo Mastrini. We'll get to that to you as soon as possible. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit. Of, oh, actually, I want to get to one, one other reaction here on social media. Let me pull this up here. It comes from our good friend Jeff Carroll, actually a former producer of ours here at the KSL Sports Zone when we broadcast from. He says, a very disappointing result. Said, first Austin goalie said, I could understand and expecting the shot from distance so you don't have to close the space, but to let it happen a second time is a problem. Alright, it looks like actually we have RSL sitting down. Uh, I've got Christian, where did he go? Uh, I look like we're sitting down. So uh, Pablo's sitting down right now, so let's throw it right out to Pablo Mastrain. We'll get to that reaction in just a moment. Uh, obviously, you know, not the result you wanted in the home opener. Um, but I'm curious kind of maybe what you thought were some of some of the bigger chances that, that you guys had. For, for me, it seemed like in, in the first half, between the, kind of like the 20 and 30th minute, there were some chances right after the first goal that you could have capitalized to 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 go up, and they didn't happen. So does that... Is that something that you look back on like, man, we had them and they kind of left? Or- yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's uh, goals change games. And I think, um, you know, I think if we find the second one there, um, obviously it's a completely different game. Uh, we weren't able to capitalize on that. And I think the frustrating part was the, the amount of space we kind of left in the middle of the field. Um, and, and we'll go back and look at that. We worked on a couple different schemes. Um, so I got to go back and look at, you know, the way we set up. Um, but, but again, I think, um, the response in the second half was great. Uh, I think we created a bunch of half chances where if we were a little bit cleaner with our decisions, cleaner with the shot, uh, I think we, we, you know, we could, we could have very easily found ourselves, um, two, two, but, uh, it's, it's why we play the games. And, and, and more importantly, you know, I think the focus for this week was really, uh, to dictate the game with the ball and, and, um, and really put a huge emphasis on that this week and and the guys did a great job of of that and, and something that wasn't uh that wasn't there in the first couple games so it's uh it's a long season uh the most important thing is that you know we get one game better and i think if we you know tidy up those things really on both sides of the ball we'll find ourselves in a different different spot Coach, I'm curious, um, just your thoughts on the Royals being back in the market. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really exciting. You know, um, I was able to speak with Amy uh, a few days ago and, and she's really excited. Uh, is that not, not, yeah, is that not, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and prep me for these questions um anyways uh you know i've been on quite a few ownership meetings um for the past year and uh it was something that was always in our meetings and it's really important to ownership to continue to grow the brand um and i know that uh they were a big hit when they were last here i know that there's a, a a lot of uh young girls playing soccer in the community and uh, there's nothing more important for young players to have heroes to look up to and to have professional women um, in their backyards, I think is tremendous for the sport, tremendous for the club. Um, and uh, really, really excited about uh, them coming on board. Hey, Pablo, thank you for your time today. Um, I, I want to ask you kind of about Diego Luna 
bringing him in in the 76 minute in this game. Um, how do you feel that he best fits into the formation that the team's playing? And do you feel that there's any strategic changes that need to be made when he's on onto the field? Yeah, no, I think, you know, I, I think Luna did well when he came in, you know, obviously uh, when we're playing with a, a double pivot, uh, Brian Ojeda takes more of a, a sitting role and allows Diego to move forward. Um, so from that perspective, you know, I think that's, that's a change we have to make. We don't have currently a, a, a six, a destroyer. Um, but, but what we do is we got a lot of graft in the middle of midfield. So, um, you know, I think he did a good job. I think he created a couple half chances. Um, and you know, Diego Luna has been playing left wing. He's been playing in the 10, um, and he's been playing as a pivot, uh, which basically becomes an eight. Um, and I, you know, I think it's important for a young player to be able to, to play all those as far as, um, you know, I think it's, it's a competitive group and, uh, you know, I think every minute he has, um, he's done well with. And so I think it's, it's, it's a good step in the, in his progression as a, a, a top pro. Six minutes later. We saw Justin Glad go down with what seemed kind of like an injury. Um, and it seemed to be that there was kind of a conversation on the sideline of Justin Glad not necessarily wanting to come out of the game. Was that substitution made wholly precautionary for precautionary reasons, or was it just kind of, kind of take him out of the game and replace him with hold at that point? No, I, it was, it was precautionary. Glad's been dealing with a hamstring all week. He missed a session this week because of it. Um, he got a scan this week. Um, and he said he was cramping and, you know, we're, we're, we, we don't want to lose Justin and, uh, he wanted to stay in. He, he, he wanted to take some goo. Um, but at times we got to override that, uh, to do what's best, not just for Justin, but do what's best for the team. Yep. Thanks for the time as always, uh, Gavin Beavers and Thomas Gomez have kind of flip-flopped on the bench. Is there a plan to get either of those two, either Open Cup or Leagues Cup minutes this year? Yes. Just what does the backup spot look like? Yeah. You know, again, I think uh, Beavers is is uh, a player who's done really well and uh, played a couple games in the preseason. Um, Tomas is obviously an experienced vet that's that's been around for quite some time. Um, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, we, we want to give, uh, again, being a developmental club, we want to give, uh, you know, Gavin some opportunities. He went on the first game to Vancouver and got that experience. He was here at home. So it's just a balance between making sure that he gets enough games to continue to progress his development, but also giving him first team minutes. Um, and, and, you know, again, those guys, those guys, both those players are fantastic every week. And it's just finding the right time and opportunity to give them the, the minutes that uh, they deserve. And then you mentioned you didn't have a six or a destroyer. Is that a position that ownership in the front office is looking to fill? Um, it's a position that, that, that we've definitely talked about. Um, you know, last year, um, you know, we were, when, when Everton left, uh, you know, whether it was Pablo and Jasper, um, Scotty and, and Jasper or Pablo, whatever combination, we felt like we can do the work and it was more industry. Um, but none of these players um, are natural born killers in there, like a destroyer six they're they're they, but they can do the work. And so it's, um, it's something that we've talked about and something that, uh, you know, I, we, we all feel is important to, to make sure we have that. Cause then again, you can, at that point, change your setup a certain way, um, tactically, 
Um, but to ask any one of those guys to be the one guy that, that, that allows the other two guys to get forward, it'd be a, a tough ask. So um, we feel like the, the partnerships have been good. Um, and again, I, I think tonight Jasper and, and, and Brian played well and uh, did a lot of great work defensively, uh, covered some good spots. Um, and so we get Pablo back uh, for the next game finally. And uh, so, so we'll have some different options. Any other English questions before we get to the Spanish portion? Hey, Pablo. Um, so Justin's got a couple goals uh, throughout the first three games here. Um, is that part of the plan to get him forward more often? Uh, only on set pieces. Um, obviously, uh, that, that's that's an area that uh, that that we've kind of been focusing on. Um, obviously not having uh last year surge was our lean goal scorer um and uh obviously no longer with us so you know we we got to score goals by committee and, and you know I think tonight Gomez had some some good looks I think Sava had a couple good looks uh Rubio had a couple good looks Dami had a couple good looks and it's just about hitting the back of the net but but again at this point early on in the season um you know again I I think we have to find the the right combination and uh, we'll continue to do that until we, uh, you know, start banging some goals in with, with the guys up front. Thank you. Just allow him to translate the question okay. before we get to the end. That's it. Thank you. Pablo, gracias. Uh, perder un partido con dos goles de básicamente jugadas individuales te trae algún sentimiento y preocupación y que no hayan sido los hombres que deberían hacer los goles en Austin sino otros jugadores. So does you know the two goals were basically individual efforts does that give you any worry especially since they weren't kind of the players you'd expect to score those type of goals? Sí fu fueron dos goles raros eh, el primer gol lo clavó en el ángulo eh, con las piernas más débil eh, y el segundo gol también fueron tiros de no sé 25 metros son goles raros eh, pues tenemos que mirar el video para ver cómo lo podemos corregir pero eh, lo, lo, la única manera que te puedo explicar es así es el fútbol a veces a veces te toca eh, yo creo que la, la frustración mía fue que creamos bastante oportunidades y no lo podemos definir. So yeah, I said uh, you know I, I think the first goal, I think both those goals were you know from 25 yards out. Um, you know the first goal, uh, I think Gallagher hits it with his left foot and he's right footed, um, and he, he hits it in the uh, upper 90. And uh, you know I think that's it's it's football the fact that Darusi or someone else didn't score and 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 you know Wolf and Gallagher score I, you know you tip your half hats off to them for for being brave enough to take those shots and we'll go back and look at video to see what we need to do better to correct those moments um but i guess the only way i can explain it is is it's just football la última eh, a pesar de una derrota alguna conclusión que sacas tú de de este partido positivo y la presencia de Gómez, de, de algún otro jugador, Anderson Julio, el mismo, eh, bueno, el que entró de segundo tiempo, el, ¿ah? Luna, Diego Luna, gracias. Diego Luna, eh, ¿alguna conclusión que tú hayas sacado que te más o menos... 
te alienta de ellos. So even though there's a loss, I mean, is there a positive to take out of it, whether that's Andres Gomez, his presence throughout the game, Diego Luna, or, or any other player in specific? Um, yeah, but para mí, cada jugador tiene su rol en el equipo. Y cuando lo hacen, somos un mejor equipo. Para mí, mirando los primeros dos partidos, eh, lo que no me gustó es que no tuvimos confianza con el balón. Hoy día, eh, todos los jugadores que nombraste eh, se animaban a jugar con el balón. El, el, los centrales se animaban a hacer pase largo, encontrar los, 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 los mediocampistas. Y para mí, somos un mejor equipo hoy día que fuimos la semana pasada en Seattle. Y, para, y por eso es un, es un, es un campeonato largo y tenemos que seguir mejorando en todas las posiciones y, y yo creo que si hacemos eso podemos, podemos llegar a donde queremos que son los playoffs y, y mantener un partido aquí en casa uh, I said um, it's not so much about the individual I, I think every individual has a role to play and the focus this week was really on um, being better with the ball and all the, all the players that were named along with the center backs and the pivots doing a really good job of being brave on the ball, finding passes between the lines, turning them. Um, I, th I think we're a better team today than we were in the Seattle game. And for me, that, that gives me hope that we're moving in the right direction. And the focus for us is to get one day better every single day we're training. And more importantly, on the weekends, to be able to execute on both sides of the ball to become a better team. And if we do that, then uh, I have no doubt that we'll be where we want to be at the end of the season. Thank Good. you, Pablo. Thank you, everyone. There you go, Pablo Mastroeni addressing the media after RSL falls 2-1. And uh, Spencer, I think you and I picked up on some. He has made it very clear they need a number six. Yeah, I mentioned it a few times. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's just him answering the questions or, uh, as we were talking off air, uh, maybe just a uh, message to the front office. Yeah, uh, let's get down back down to America First Field. Justin Glad, tonight's goal scorer, addressing the media. Here you go. Hey, Justin, thank you for your time today. Um, I, I just talked, asked Pablo a little bit about the conversation you had had um, when you had been subbed out in the, the, the uh, 82nd minute, I believe is what it was. Um, how, how are you feeling after leaving the game, and uh, do you feel like you'll be able to go in two weeks? Yeah, no, I, I feel great. Um, the it, it was more precautionary. Um, and, you know, we're on the same page, um, and I'll, I'll definitely be ready to go. So, beginning of the season, you said that one of your goals was to uh, <laughs> to score more than five goals this year, and you've already got two goals in three games. Um, is that is that something that you, I guess, are explicitly trying to do this season? Is to get on the goal sheet more to help the team win games? Um, I mean. I, uh, I don't know. No, I would say, you know, I've always been trying to score goals. I've just been saying it more out loud this year. And, you know, it's just the uh, same thing happened last year. And I only ended with three. So I just got to keep it going and then hopefully get hit that hit that goal. Every week you got to keep signing me up. <laughs> Justin, I see uh, the sweatshirt that you're yeah. wearing. Obviously, you've been around long enough to experience the Royals being here, the Royals leaving, and now they're back. What are your thoughts on them being back in the market? 
No, it's huge. I love it. Um, you know, they're such a huge part of this community. Um, they're, they're such great role models for, for everyone. Um, and, and I'm excited to have them back excited to, I probably won't be able to see him play any home games, but, uh, it's excited to have him back in town for sure. Uh, we talked about your goal. Were you a little surprised that you were the only one to score from the, from the team tonight? Yeah. You know, it felt, it felt like we were right there for, um, a, a lot of the game we had, you know, the, the one that Saba hit and they, they tipped it wide. Um, I felt like we were knocking on the door all night and, uh, just didn't fall our way. Um, but you know, there was a lot of good stuff to build on. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the game of soccer. It, I'm sure there'll be some games we, we deserve to lose and we win and there'll be some games we deserve to win and lose. And, and that's just, that's just how it goes. Justin, you mentioned um, there's going to be some games you're going to win that you should have lost and, and vice versa. First of all, do you feel like you guys should have won this game? And um, what were some bright spots that you took from it? Yeah, I thought we I thought we definitely put ourselves in a, in a position to win. Um, I, th- I thought we created a, a lot of good opportunities. Um, what was the second part of that question? Sorry. Just what, what were some bright spots? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I thought Rubio played really well. Um, that was, you know, obviously he didn't feature the first game. Um, but I thought he did incredible. Um, it's, it's been fun seeing more and more of Gomez, um, Sava again, and and just the guys coming off the bench, providing that spark. I thought Diego and Miriam, you know, everyone who came in contributed and, and, and kept the pressure high. Um, and, and yeah. Thank you. Anybody? Cool. Uh, let's do the Zoom if you guys want to let Jesus in. Hello? Hello? Yes. Um, is, is still the, the coach still there? Uh, no, we've moved on to uh, Justin Glad. Do you have any questions for Justin Glad? Yes. So, uh, speaking of, uh, we we won the, the first uh, game against Vancouver. Then we have two consecutive losses. Um, since you are on the field, what do you think that uh, we can improve in the way down to actually get more victories down the road? Yeah, um, I thought even from the first two games, uh, the 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 possession and just the the quality on the ball wasn't quite there. I thought tonight it was it was more there. Um, obviously, there's still room to go, uh, but it, we we felt more confident on the ball. You could see we had more possession of the ball, um, and and I think if we just keep keep building on that and and keep training that and, and being sharp, then then the wins will come. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Any other questions on Zoom? Thank you, Justin. Cool. Appreciate y'all. There you go. Justin Glad addressing the media. He did come off with a hamstring injury. And Lauren, with your your match notes from last year, you actually came up with a very uh, nice comparison. You're actually something tracking about the same as last year. Yeah. uh, Justin being out with a hamstring injury sounded awful familiar. And it turns out in game four last season, it was the same situation. Came out with a hamstring injury, missed 
two weeks of games, four games, mm-hmm. came back, captained against uh, Colorado Hailstorm in the Open Cup. Okay. And was fine after that. So if last year's any indicator, he will maybe just miss one more game. Well, because they have a bye week coming up this yeah. coming week. Yeah. So if uh, if it's a bit more serious than he let on, then I um, I would expect a little bit more than that. But, uh, you know, based on previous injuries, may not be too bad. Well, and his tone, that's one thing I was asking you, Spencer. His tone, he seemed fairly upbeat, all things considered. Yeah, almost dismissive of, mm-hmm. of any issue. Yeah. Maybe that's just uh, calming the, the situation down. You know, um, it's not always everybody's business to, to find out about people's injuries. But, um, yeah, w- with there being a bye week, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that that's just a, a non-issue um, because he is a massive miss. Uh, makes us better. We're able to play a higher line because of his re- recovery speed, which should, in fact, stop those gaps in between the midfield and, and the, the back line. But, again, with Pablo admitting that uh, we're in desperate need of a six, um, you know, we, we don't know how disciplined uh, the, the central midfielders are going to be. Well, and the, 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 I think he, he's trying to get a message. A lot of times with coaches, they're speaking to their team and, and also in some ways with the front office through the media. And I think he's making a message to his, to his players saying, okay, we need a number six. You guys need to step up in the meantime and clean it up. All right, so... We'll see if any other players step to the podium. If they do, we'll carry that for you guys. If not, we will take a look around Major League Soccer as well as a quick look ahead two weeks from now when Real Salt Lake welcomes St. Louis City FC uh, to America First Field. So more in a moment. This is the RSL Radio Network. Back to the RSL post-match show here on the RSL Radio Network. Lauren Beck, Spencer Warren, Jake Hatch breaking it down as RSL falls in their home opener 2-1. Uh, they lose to Austin FC. They are going to have a bye week next week. Uh, they have a bye early on in this Major League Soccer season before they welcome St. Louis City F- FC or SC. Are they... SC is their Twitter SC, handle. Okay, so they they will be coming to America First Field for their first ever trip to Utah. Uh, Spencer... This St. Louis team is off to a flying start. Uh, Lauren read it in the break, opt to say that they are the first team since the LA Galaxy in 2015 to win three straight come-from-behind matches and obviously the first team uh, to do that to start a season. They're they're rocking and rolling right now. Yeah, and they play some really attractive soccer as well. They're really, really fun to watch. I just think that this is a, uh, a team that... Um, doesn't care what your record is, who you are. Um, they go about their business. They're a big team as well. When you look at them, I mean, Joe Klaus is, is someone that you're going to look at. He's going to be the focal point of the attack, the number nine, the Brazilian. Mm-hmm. But you look at the big bodies they have around. Tim Parker, I've always been a huge fan of him. Um, a really, really good communicator uh, on the field. And uh, when it was a little bit quiet, when he was at uh, Houston, um, it was a bit kind of quiet in the stadium. And all I could hear was him on the field. This is from the press box, Mm -hmm. him communicating and just organizing. I think he's a phenomenal center back. And uh, yeah, pity that we uh, we couldn't have uh, maybe made a run for him. But yeah, I think this is a really, really solid team. Um, that is playing some very attractive soccer. And uh, and again, I think it's an exciting uh, opportunity for us as fans to get to see these these newer teams coming in um, and pitting our, our wits against uh, a team that's been well-built um, and a coach that has got them immediately playing uh, some very attractive soccer. 
Uh, Klaus, just for people, he's six foot three, but he looks bigger than that. Just the way he's put together, he's a he is a well put together athlete. There's no doubt about Quick that. feet and yes. he's got good vision as well. You know, we saw him a couple of times tonight against against Portland. Some of the flicks and some of the passes he made uh, to to get the other attackers in and around on, on goal. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be an absolute handful. And Justin Glad is definitely going to be needed. And Marcelo Silva, he's going to uh, you're going to need the rugged side of of Marcelo Silva to try and disrupt uh, the big Brazilian. All right, before we go, let's take a look around how uh, Match Day 3 at Major League Soccer went. Lauren, will you do us the honors, if you don't mind? Yeah, we're going to go through them all. Um, Charlotte lost at home to Atlanta, Vancouver, and Dallas played to a 1-1 draw. Cincinnati beat Seattle 1-0. D.C., United, and Orlando drew one apiece. NYCFC beat Miami 1-0, as well as Philadelphia over Chicago. Toronto and Columbus also playing to a 1-1 draw, as well as Minnesota and New York Red Bulls. Kansas City and LA Galaxy were nil-nil. Kind of surprising from those two teams. Mm -hmm. Nashville beat Montreal 2-0. Real Salt Lake losing their home opener 1-2 against Austin. St. Louis also getting a road win tonight, 2-1 against Portland. And San Jose getting a a home win against Colorado tomorrow. LAFC will host New England Revolution. And Tuesday, we resume CONCACAF Champions League play. Should be an interesting one. LAFC tomorrow against New England should be an interesting That's actually a, what I would imagine should be a fairly high-scoring match, at least on its head. Would you agree with that, Spencer? Yeah, obviously LAFC uh, champions and champions for a reason. Um, one of the, uh, an ownership group that decided to spend a ton of money, mm-hmm. um, not only on veterans, but they did a really good job um, when they first came into the league of going down to South America, picking up some good pieces, and then selling them on for a, a solid profit as well. New England, it's kind of up in the air. I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what what happens because, again, it's a team that sh- that's been around since the day dot. And it just feels like it's a side piece Mm -hmm. um, sometimes to me um, as the league has expanded and got bigger and more and more teams have come along. New England Revolution just seemed to to have been left behind a little bit. Uh, Just one other thing on Montreal. They they have three matches on the road, 0-3, 0 goals scored. Montreal's had a really rough start this year. Obviously with the former RSL man, no, I just lost Aaron Herrera. Aaron Herrera playing wing uh, right back for them. Bit of a surprising start for them. Yeah, and losing your coach, um, that who, also who, does, it, yeah. you know, doing doing the the good work he did in Montreal, now going down to to Columbus Crew. Um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big one there. And again, that's a team that will, that, that don't mind spending a bit of money as well. Mm-hmm. So you expect them to either make a change at the coaching if it's not right uh, they, they don't uh, they don't have an issue pulling the the trigger there yeah. or uh, or bringing in some some high profile or some more expensive uh, players that that'll come in and, and, and fight for places all right uh, as we wrap things up here any final thoughts from either of you to the field that we have not addressed on tonight's post-match show no I just <laughs> want I just want some goals from the forwards yeah. and I, I and again we, we talk about confidence 
goal scorers, mm-hmm. you know, when they when they're putting the ball into the back of the net, the world is is everything is rosy. When they're not, then the pressure starts to build up, and that's that's where we're, we're going to start to see issues. So hopefully, Anderson Julio um, and, and uh, Rubio Rubin uh, in a couple of weeks can maybe find the back of the net or or be that threat where they're opening up, getting in good positions. Because if they're not, if you're not, if you're getting into good positions and missing, that's fine because you, you're getting into those areas. If you're not and you're snatching at chances because they are just half half chances, that's that's an issue for me. And that's what we've seen so far. It's just been more of a half chance rather than real, real good, clear-cut chances. It's nice to see them open an account. There's no doubt about that. Anything from you, Lauren? No, I totally agree. I mean, they've got two weeks to work through the glaring issues from tonight. Sure. You've got two weeks to get Vera and Ruiz back to whatever speed they may need to be, whatever they've been doing in their time uh, before being able to make it to Salt Lake, to get Gomez a bit more comfortable with everybody and to really focus on the things that they need to do to shut down the St. Louis team that is 3-0-0 to start the season, top of the West, and they will remain top of the West until the next Correct. match yeah. against Real Salt yeah. Lake because um, LAFC is the only Western Conference team that needs to play again this week, and they have only played one game. This is their second game tomorrow. So they will stay top of the West, and they are a formidable team, as Spence was saying. There's, they've built it well, and they have a lot of energy about them right now. Maybe the bye week will uh, take a little bit out of their sails, but it's going to be a big one. You don't want to lose three straight and two of those at home in – it's it's an important one coming up in a couple of weeks. That pressure, as Spenno talked about, it would absolutely build. But Spence was supposed to say this. If oh. the playoffs started today. Yes. <laughs> Spenno brought this up. Three matches into the season of a 34-match schedule. If the playoffs were to start today, Real Salt Lake still in a playoff position. Please understand that's a joke. We are not looking at the playoffs already or thinking that this team should be in the playoffs right now. Thank yeah. you. All right. Well, that is going to do it for tonight. Of course, we'll be back in two weeks. As Real Salt Lake has mentioned, we'll welcome in St. Louis City SC to America First Field. Thank you to all of you for your interaction. Thank you to Christian for producing for us tonight. For Spencer, for Lauren, I'm Jake. Have a great rest of your night. This has been the RSL Postmatch Show right here on the RSL Radio Network. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.